0: In today's first reading and gospel, a couple regions are mentioned, regions within Israel, Zebulun and Naphtali, and uh, sometimes when these proper names come up in scriptures, sometimes when the names of of the leaders at the time that these events took place, or even the geographical places, it's good for us to remember that everything we we hear about in the scriptures and especially in the gospels happened in history and in time and in a particular place and that history and geography is really essential for us to understand the person and mission of jesus that he's not just someone who who showed up a long long time ago in a land far away that would be the stuff of myth or legend nice stories that didn't necessarily happen in history. But that's not the gospel. The gospel has to do what happened in time and in space, in a particular place. So Zebulun and Naphtali, little reminder about the geography of, of Israel. It's helpful for us to remember that Israel's divided into 12 regions and that these regions are, are sometimes called the 12 tribes of Israel. They're named after the 12 sons of Jacob from the book of Genesis. And two of those tribes were Zebulun and Naphtali, two of the sons of Jacob, or the tribes of Israel. The 10, the 10 tribes that make up the northernmost part of Israel are sometimes referred to as the Northern Kingdom or sometimes just referred to as Israel. And then the two tribes on the south are referred to as the southern kingdom, or sometimes called Judah, or sometimes Judea. So if we we hear these different names through the scriptures, that's, that's what they're referring to. Judah is the southern two tribes. So the two tribes that are mentioned today, this Zebulun and Naphtali, are in the north, and they're actually the two northernmost Regions in this northern kingdom of Israel. And why are they singled out? What's the big deal with them? Well, the prophet mentions them, the prophet Isaiah, in our first reading. He says, first the Lord degraded the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. So what's the prophet Isaiah referring to there? Well, he's referring to the worst thing that ever happened to the northern kingdom of Israel. And that was the Assyrian invasion that took place in 722. That northern kingdom of Israel was wiped out by that invasion. As the Assyrians came through, they killed people and burned cities and they sent everyone Else, often to exile. And and how did they come into Israel? Well, because Assyria was to the north of Israel, they came from the north to the south. And so those northernmost tribes would would have been the first ones to experience the terror of the Assyrian invasion. Uh, So truly um, referring to a very dark period in the history of Israel, So why does does the gospel writer bring this up? Well, again, it has to do with geography. It has to do with where Jesus then went on his mission uh, in Israel. So if we think back to Christmas, uh, Jesus is born in Bethlehem. Bethlehem is in the southern kingdom of Judah. Uh, Bethlehem is the place of his birth because... Jesus was of the family of David. And if you remember, there was a census that that the emperor called. Everybody had to go back to their ancestral home. Joseph's ancestral home was in the city of David in Bethlehem, in Judah, in that southern kingdom. Mary and Joseph had to go from their home in Nazareth down to Bethlehem. But that's not where Jesus was raised. That wasn't where he began his ministry. Where was he raised? Where did he begin his ministry? Well, not in that southern kingdom of Judah, which would have been the place that made the most sense, probably. That was, that was where Jerusalem was, the holy city of the Jews. But he didn't live even most of his life there. He lived most of his life up there in the northern kingdom. And where specifically? In the, in the northernmost part of the northern kingdom, in Galilee in the land of Zebulun and Naphtali. And so it's so interesting how God, so, so precisely as the disaster struck Israel, this is in the Old Testament times, the Assyrians invading from north to south, effectively destroying that place, where does Jesus' ministry begin? from the north in that very place he goes back to the very place where the darkness began the fathers of the church talked about how this isn't just coincidence uh, but it's 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 what the lord wants to show us about where he wants to come into our own lives that Jesus isn't interested in going to the pla in being in the places that in our hearts that don't need him The places that are already ordered But he wants to come into those places where we do need him where there's darkness where there's disorder and we all have that in our lives myself included places in our hearts and souls and lives and histories where there's there's darkness and that's exactly the place where the Lord wants to come. Uh, this darkness takes many forms in our lives. Uh, if you've ever dealt with addiction, you know what darkness is like when you're stuck in self-destructive tendencies and you can't get out. Or if we're honest with ourselves, our sins serve in the same way. These things that we do that aren't good for us, and we know it, and they're not good for our loved ones, and we know it, but we're stuck there. Uh, We don't know how to get out of those places of sin in our lives. There can be other places of darkness, too, uh, places where we've been wounded in the past or have experienced hurts, and those wounds and hurts, then can can just sit there and continue to be a source of, of loneliness in our life or isolation or shame or self-hatred and condemnation. These are all places that even even for many years we can we can live with with this darkness within us. And that's where Jesus wants to show up. And we know that because that's where he showed up uh, when he Came to Israel to begin his mission. Uh, This gospel deals with the light and the darkness, and that's what Jesus serves in our our lives and in our hearts. He brings his light into those dark places and and ends up transforming them through his light. Uh, My favorite liturgy of the whole church year shows this symbolically. The Mass starts when it's dark. And when the people get here, they get to a dark church. This is the mass that happens the night before Easter, the the Easter Vigil Mass. And then from the back of the church, everything's dark. But from the back of the church, there's a fire that's lit. And from that fire, uh, the Paschal candle is lit, this Easter candle right here. And then that Easter candle comes into the back of the church. And it's really a it's really an awesome sight. Everything's black except for the single candle that comes in. And, and what does that symbolize? It it symbolizes Christ the light entering into the darkness of the world and the darkness of my life and my heart. And then the candle, that Easter candle, processes down to the very center of the church. And then what happens? Well, the, the servers or the ministers who are assisting, they are carrying smaller tapers. They come in, light their candle from that center candle, which symbolizes Christ, and then they light everybody else's candle. And so by the time the Easter candle reaches the sanctuary here to its holder, the whole church is enveloped in light, because every person in the church is holding this taper that's been lit. So what's the symbolism here? Well, it's that the light of Christ has actually spread. It's spread from one person to another. And that's how the darkness of the world is transformed into a place of light. This is what I think is so interesting about our gospel today. Because Matthew, the gospel writer... Gives us, reminds us this, of this prophecy that this dark land of northern Israel, the Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who sit in darkness, those who are dwelling in a land overshadowed by death, will, it will receive the light. That's what the prophet says. That's what Matthew reminds us. And then what's the very next thing that happens in the gospel? Jesus calls his first apostles. He calls Peter, Andrew, James and John, and he's going to call eight more, 12 of them. Why 12? Well, because the 12 apostles represent the 12 tribes of Israel, who have all been scattered through, through enemy invasion, but now whom Jesus, through the, through the apostles, are going to reunite into one church. And what do those apostles do? Well, they meet Jesus, first of all. And what happens when we meet Jesus? Well, Jesus brings his light into the darkness of my heart and changes it and transforms it. And, then, and that's what happened with each of the apostles. And then what do the apostles do? Well, they don't just hang on to that light themselves. But they bring that light to somebody else who's in darkness. So that that person's life and heart can be transformed by the light. And then what does that person do? Well, now having received the light, they bring the light to somebody else. And so this is is the image of Christ in the church. And it's it's what's symbolized at that Easter Vigil Mass. is how Christ's light spreads throughout the world. Because he, he gives it to me. And then I give it to somebody else. And then that somebody else gives it to another person. Really good readings for us to think about today. Why? Well, because, I mean, maybe some of us here are are really mindful of of the darkness that's that's within them. And all of us throughout our life will be mindful of this sometimes. That there's a place in my heart where it just feels like God isn't. The place of darkness where I need him. At this mass, today, you can ask Jesus in, from your heart to come to that place, to come to that place of darkness, that place of fear, that place that feels like He isn't. So that's one thing that we're blessed by by this meditation and our readings today, the other thing though is that every one, every one of us knows somebody who's living in the darkness. Every one of us knows someone who, who is so afflicted by depression, despair, somebody who's lost hope. Maybe they're stuck in their sins. Maybe something bad happened to them in the past, so they suffered a loss that they just can't get over. And so they live in bitterness or fear or anxiety, terrible anxiety. Far from God. Jesus is the light of the world and he came to bring that light into our hearts, into the dark places of our hearts where we need him most. And so that's our job as Christians, having received his light into our our soul, now we have to share that light with someone else. And what happens when we do that? the world will be so much brighter because the light spreads, Christ's light from me to you, from you to another. So let's ask the Lord today to bring the light into the darkness of our own hearts and to to help us to see those who dwell in that land of darkness around us, to see those who are in desperate need of the light so that we can bring the light of Christ to them.